you. Don't need anyone. Your success, your survival, and your security depends upon you. Welcome to the podcast of Mario Beckes, where I'm going to share with you my personal and professional story as a combatant. 1,800 consecutive combat days, I saw all pain, destruction, uncertainty. Then I'm going to guide you and show you how the true communist intelligence services operates. I know I've been there. And I as well share with you crime investigation techniques, interrogation and investigative techniques of this podcast. Tune in. You'll be glad you did it. Welcome to another episode of Mario Becker's podcast. You don't need anyone. In today's episode, I'd like to discuss with you social media platforms and information response. But before we dig deep into that topic, I'd like to share with you, for those who don't know, I'm working with information for past 30 years in government sector to the intelligence and security services and now in private sector. Just imagine there is no any social media platforms for next 14 days. Just imagine, what would you do? I bet you'll not run into first news agency and ask for the newspapers. But instead, many generations will seek information when social media platforms will be back. I guarantee you this. And it's understandable. You can agree or disagree with me, but we are all part of evolution of social media platforms. For past three years, we can see how social media platforms evolving and we are evolving as well with them. Those who manage social media, they try to adjust colors, the fonts, the news, the informations. And don't forget another thing. Information, it's a most valuable commodity. Because based on those informations we are seeking, searching, consuming, analyzing, we're doing what? Decision-making. So with information, along comes time. So whatever we read, whatever we analyze, we're making decision-making, and now time becomes the shorter and shorter because our decision-making is going to be based on informations we reading, looking, or listening. Social media platforms as well in past 24 months, they've gone through the big challenges. Some social media platforms you can see on a daily basis will provide information suited for their narrative. And then you're going to have the new social media platforms managed by those who disagree with current media platforms. And then people choosing between all these media platforms and sources what information to consume. It can be very, very addictive. Now, social media platforms are not used only for information to be read, but they're existing source informations, placing some type of information to confuse you or to collect information about you. It's a part of counterintelligence process or industrial espionage, economical espionage. It's all happening there. 
which goes under the methods of the social media intelligence. So it's not everything what we read there just to be informed, but to be misinformed as well. That's the very important thing you need to understand. It's not everything what we read. It's truthful and honest. Some informations are there deliberately, purposely. Put it in front of us to mislead us. It is up to you to decide how you're going to verify the source of information and validate information. But I can talk about this some other time. Now, I asked in the beginning, imagine there is no social media platforms of 14 days. And we all can agree that it's a part of our life. What would you do? But let's go start with some uh, historical data. Many of you will remember December 2010 when a Tunisian produced Wender set himself on fire and sparked what became known as a, the Arab Spring. The name stemmed from the People's Spring and Prague Spring that describe movements towards democracy rather than the time of the year per se. So what was the success of our Arab uprising? Well, it's often put down to the social media platform used by citizens of Tunisia, Egypt, and other countries to share the experiences of tyranny and turmoil. However, social media was just a one of many tools which inspired millions to revolt against the government. So, Social media platforms was great tool to initiate and gather people under the common goal to fight for democracy, to, to revolt against the governments who were tyrannical. So what's happened then? On 28th of January 2011, the Egyptian government shut down social media platforms and later the entire internet Now, but revolution and uprising continue to spread like wildfire. So, how did uprising continue despite the shutting down of social media platforms and internet? But the revolution and uprising continue to spread like wildfire. So, let's go answer that question. I ask you twice, imagine you have no internet or social media for two weeks. I can remember because I was born in the 70s, beginning of the 70s, and uh, I was introduced to internet in the late 90s, very late 90s. And even then when I was dial up, I was afraid what I'm doing with a modem and computer. I didn't know what I'm, what's going to happen because nobody didn't know nothing. So the question I'd ask you, so how did... Uprising continued despite shutting down social media platforms and internet. We need to go even further in a, in a, in a history. To answer this question, we can go further into history and analyze how the Prague Spring developed in Czechoslovakia. Despite the absence of social media and with the state tight control of media and newspapers, so there was not a social media. And 
communist state controlled all media newspapers. I know it used to be living communism, and working communism was a part of apparatus. The answer is simple. Today we depend on social media platforms to be educated, informed, and to share our opinions or disagreements. What social media platforms miss are a true opinion of the populace. For example, few of us would consider a social media poll to be 100% truthful. So you never know exactly what people are thinking. All this polling can be misleading because there are different focus groups which they are sit together and they arrange the questions so you can answer favorably, favorably for those who are being seeking uh, sentiment or the polling to be positive. But the Prague and Arab uprising shared common information dissemination. So in 2000s, you have the Egypt and uh, Libya, Algeria and other countries, Syria, they shut down the internet, but yet uprising continued. Now, this is the danger on social media when you control informations, right? Instead of going different path, which I can talk in some other episode of the podcast. So Prague and Arab uprising shared common information dissemination. It wasn't social media intelligence. It was a newspaper. In communism, we'll call that analog intelligence. Uh, analog intelligence represents discussion between humans at places and times where people gather over drinks or social engagements. This is how information was disseminated without the assistance of social media platforms. Word of mouth is also more powerful for one reason. Words are converted into information and when spoken from person to person, they can be weaponized by adding emotions. What social media platforms cannot do, it's adding emotions into wording. It's a different when we have interaction between humans and with the human extracting information from social media platforms. And that's a, a response. And more emotions being added, for example, in a video, which we can see, that's what actually it is very, very uh, powerful. So words are very powerful when we're interacting between humans to humans and a human with a social media platform. I do remember as a kid uh, what was then in communist Yugoslavia. My father used it to hide in the bath and the blankets to do what? To listen to the voice America, to learn what was happening then in Poland during uh, martial law 1981. He would then quietly speak with a few neighbors during the day to discuss how to get rid of communism in Yugoslavia. Little he knew it would take another 10 years before it was out achieved. That is how information was transferred from one person to another. And that's what the social media cannot capture that sentiment. People can read, people can be informed. Uh, social media platforms can be used use as references. And that's the reason why the competition is actually increasing on social media platforms. Which, with the variety of uh, media platforms, websites, uh, they are uh, competitive to each other. 
And that's the something which you need to consider. That most powerful information transfers from human to human, not from social media to you. And that's an information response. Even today, the power of information is not only on social media platforms. Every information has source, which is a human. Regardless of how it's positioned on social media, the question needs to be, what is the value of information, the validity of its source validity, and its reliability? That's how you need to analyze information. It even comes from human to human. That's the reason why uh, in communism was more emphasis being given on uh, uh, informants rather than just capturing information on in newspapers, even was highly tightly controlled. And the communist states were very clever. All the foreign uh, newspapers and magazines has been checked before they're being put in, in, in public, right? And they knew that everything must be in according to the, the values of communism because otherwise people can have the ideas and ideas are not good because as soon as you have idea, people talk word of mouth. So imagine if you have social media 40 years ago and um, <laughs> it will never work because people uh, today, yeah, they can hide themselves behind uh, different nicknames and, um, you know, the avatars, but yet everybody has a source, IP address and list goes on. But when the human to human interacting, that's a different because uh, uh, every information passed creates the idea, it creates the image, creates the uh, need. Even today, the power of information is not only on social media platforms, as I mentioned. In recent history, we saw how the social media platforms helped to start, uh, if you remember, red shirt movement in Thailand, and they become the threat. So what government did, they shut down the internet, they shut down the all social media. So what a shit movement did, they ended up building their own electronic logistical network for sharing and disseminating information to their followers. So do you understand? Everything what we see today, it can be shut down, but yet it can be replaced. Because one thing most of the... Uh, analysts in intelligence and, you know, um, in the risk management field and social media information, information management don't understand that when you have opposition and, you know, you try to, that opposition becomes the less being heard or seen, uh, they're going to become very creative. Same with the fraud. Frauds have nothing else than imagination. They know the key objective. They know they want to take it something from somebody on some way. Money, the objects, the, the goods, whatever it is, will not go into fraud now. So what fraudsters do, they know the systems in place to, they've been caught and they know the systems in place they need to avoid. Same with social media. You can, um, we can put, it, put information, we can share information, but yet the moment social media come uh, competitive to each other, different platforms, there's always a third party which become more creative because they already know what's on the market and uh, uh, everybody has a linear response, uh, retroactive response rather than proactive response. So corporations, when they're doing decision-making by collecting the data on social media, it's very important. They know uh, what's the validity of source and reliability of information. If you compare the world 30 or 40 years ago when social media platforms literally didn't exist, 
Much information will be passed from person to person in social environments. By way, such a workplace, homes, family gatherings. I'm making it very hard for communist countries like the one I was brought up to monitor what and who said what and how. That's the reason why the emphasis was informants with social media cannot have informants and why social media, it's a, it's a, it's a one-way street. You read what's been there and you can comment a little bit. You can put a comment, you can put agreement or disagreement. But basically social media information response is a one-way street. What you see, that's what you get. And yes, you can uh, be happy with that source or not be happy with that source. So with communism, I do remember the problem was being uh, what people thinking. So that emphasis on what, who thinks what was only be, be able to be captured by the uh, uh, recruiting so many informants. That's communism was very famous for this one. And people will usually invent things um, and they will uh, just to, just to get uh, in good books with uh, with a secret police or intelligence services. So once when that information has been placed in the broader public with intent was the most damaging, which was why communist state intelligence services are inaccurate or misleading. Uh, communism was having a lot of misleading uh, information, a lot. Those looking to understand the public sentiment for corporate or government use through the recording information sources validity and reliability should always include field intelligence methods and not simply rely on electronic media. So when you want information from social media and information response, it is that you need to verify these information. It's, it's not enough information just be read what was there. And that's a danger with social media today because we are all consuming, as I said before. It's also important to understand the information collected today may not be valid tomorrow. In hindsight as well, uh, you have the issue with the social media platforms that some social media platforms exist in other countries, which which you can't control, and they're going to utilize these, uh, their platforms uh, in in order to establish some country, some company, and you know, and you know, being state sponsored uh, companies who are deliberately and purposely doing disinformation. The difference between misinformation and disinformation, perhaps it is one letter, but the point is misinformation. Everybody can uh, be the victim of misinformation. I can hear something today from from my from my kid, and you know, I can pass this to my friends. I her say. But this information has an intent, intent. That's the point with this information, intent to destabilize, to uh, disoriented person and let's go on. The success of this information collection to any organization depends on how you collect and analyze the source and reliability. So then you can drive strategic planning and inform the tactical response of your organization. So it's always important Apart to social media uh, platforms and uh, information response your company organization has, very important you have the field intelligence, which is human intelligence, and which means, uh, according to this, you need to check the source, availability of information, source and the person, and then you're going to see if it's this information question, because only then you see if it's the intent. When it's intent, that means that you've already been 
involved into the entire disinformation process. So, whatever we read on social media today, maybe not valid tomorrow. But what is important, that information doesn't end up what we see on the screen. The power of information is in human interaction. Thank you for listening. My name is Mario Beckes and the podcast, you don't need anyone wishing you an awesome day and a chat to you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mario Beckes podcast. I'm here with you on your journey. You're with me on my journey. If you have any questions, likes or dislikes, feel free to contact me on my website, www.mariobeckes.com.au. In the meantime, I wish you a safe and pleasant journey.